When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Hello and welcome to Pop Crime, where we discuss everything from the gossip to the gavel, the latest scandals, trending legal dramas, as well as the infamous crimes and dirty deeds of the pop culture past. I'm Kiki Monique. If you follow me online, you probably know me as the talk of shame, your go-to source for the biggest pop culture stories and famous trials. I love to consume all the news, books, TVs, movies, and other media and break down the stories so you don't have to. Every week, I'll unpack a new story in the pop culture true crime world, either something that's happening in real time or a reach back into the past. And I'll even have some of your favorite creators, attorneys, journalists, other pop culture accounts and more on the show to weigh in. An increase in 911 calls during the holidays isn't a shocker. Between cooking and fire hazards, alcohol consumption and alcohol-related incidents, domestic disputes, and emotional distress-related calls, dispatchers and ER rooms have their hands full even more at the end of every year. And those calls aren't just coming from we, the common folk. As the Us Weekly saying goes, stars, they're just like us. And sometimes those emergency calls are coming from multi-million dollar mansions in the Hollywood Hills. As you might be readying to dig into another round of stuffing with gravy, or perhaps curl up on the couch with a warm mug of cider, let me regale you with some scandalous celebrity tales of Thanksgiving past. Our main sources for today's episode are LA Times, New York Times, The Washington Post, The Guardian, New York Post, Daily Mail, E! News, People, CNN, TMZ, Us Weekly. The rest of the sources will be listed in our show notes. One of the most famous Thanksgiving celebrity scandals was the Tiger Woods car crash. Days after the National Enquirer ran a report claiming that Tiger was having an affair with a woman named Rachel Yucatel who worked at a nightclub in NYC, Tiger was involved in a strange car accident. What was initially reported as a single car accident turned into Tiger being exposed for cheating on his wife. Rachel Yucatel became the most recognized name amongst numerous women who eventually came forward to accuse Tiger of cheating on his then-wife with them. Tiger would finally admit to transgressions, and the scandal temporarily derailed his successful golf career. By November 2009, at just 33 years old, Tiger Woods was the most recognizable golfer in the world. 
Even people who would not consider themselves golf fans knew who he was. He was young, rich, famous, and a family man. Married to former Swedish model Ellen Nordegren since 2004, the couple shared two kids, one of whom had just been born earlier that year. Just before 2.30 a.m. on November 27, 2009, the Friday after Thanksgiving, the Florida Highway Patrol reported that Tiger, who lived in a neighborhood near Orlando, was backing his Cadillac Escalade SUV out of the driveway when he hit a fire hydrant and then crashed into a neighbor's tree. According to the LA Times, police did not issue a report about the accident until almost 12 hours later, and at the time it was unknown why Tiger was driving around that early in the morning. CNN reported that two police officers from Windermere arrived first to the scene of the accident. They stated that Tiger was in front of his SUV laying on the ground and his wife Ellen was there giving him first aid. According to the officer's report, Tiger had cuts to both his lips and was, quote, in and out of consciousness. They also said he was speaking gibberish and not coherent. According to CNN, Tiger's wife Ellen claimed she had been inside their house and heard the accident. She claimed she ran outside with a golf club to smash the back of the window of the SUV to pull him out of the vehicle. The Florida Highway Patrol planned to interview Tiger to get some answers, but according to CNN, when they arrived Friday, Ellen said he was sleeping, so the troopers planned to return the following day. It seemed the authorities were having difficulty talking to Tiger about the accident. According to ABC News, Tiger refused to speak with investigators for three days in a row following the accident. And according to ABC, Tiger's lawyers hinted that he would never speak with them. Then, according to NPR, a spokesperson for the highway patrol stated that Tiger is not required to speak with investigators, and by law, the only information he needs to provide is his driver's license, registration, and proof of insurance. According to the LA Times, the accident was determined to have caused $3,200 in property damage, and Tiger was eventually given a careless driving citation. But the accident itself was the least interesting part of the story for most people. There were so many questions surrounding the accident. Why was Tiger driving around at 2.30 in the morning? What made him run into a fire hydrant and a tree? How did his tiny wife, She-Hulk, and pull him from the vehicle? After days of silence from Tiger's camp, a statement on his TigerWoods.com website was finally posted. Directly from The Guardian, the statement read as follows, quote, As you all know, I had a single car accident earlier this week and sustained some injuries. I have some cuts, bruising, and right now I'm pretty sore. This situation is my fault, and it's obviously embarrassing to my family and me. I'm human, and I'm not perfect. I will certainly make sure this doesn't happen again. This is a private matter, and I want to keep it that way. Although I understand there is curiosity... The many false, unfounded, and malicious rumors that are currently circulating about my family and me are irresponsible. The only person responsible for the accident is me. My wife Ellen acted courageously when she saw I was hurt and in trouble. She was the first person to help me. Any other assertion is absolutely false. This incident has been stressful and very difficult for Ellen, our family, and me. I appreciate all the concern and well wishes that we have received, but I would also ask for some understanding that my family and I deserve some privacy, no matter how intrusive some people can be." End quote. 
If Tiger thought that would be enough to appease the public and the tabloids, he was wrong. People were questioning the narrative of, quote, Ellen the hero saves injured Tiger. And TMZ was already running stories that claimed the injuries Tiger had on his face didn't come from the car accident, but from his wife, Ellen. TMZ sources claim that his wife confronted him about seeing another woman, and the argument allegedly escalated into a physical altercation with Ellen scratching at Tiger's face. The source told TMZ that Tiger ran out to his car and was chased by Ellen, who was wielding a golf club. Allegedly, Ellen began bashing the golf club into the rear window, which startled Tiger, and he ran into the fire hydrant and tree. Both Tiger and Ellen denied those claims. According to the LA Times, two days before the accident, the National Enquirer ran a story that Tiger was having an affair with a woman named Rachel Yucatel. Tiger denied this claim. And according to Rachel, who later appeared in the 2021 HBO documentary Tiger, she claims Tiger had her call his wife Ellen to tell her the cheating allegations weren't true. Tiger, by the way, did not participate in the making of the HBO doc, according to the Washington Post. Rachel even went as far as offering to take a lie detector test to show she didn't have an affair with Tiger, according to Us Weekly, and telling the publication at the time, quote, I did not have an affair with Tiger Woods. I met him twice and have not heard from him since. We, of course, now know that what started as rumors and allegations became a much larger scandal, and Tiger eventually made a statement admitting to his infidelity. But Thanksgiving 2009, according to the LA Times, in Rachel's interview for the HBO doc Tiger, she claims what really happened is that Ellen called her from Tiger's phone after she saw racy text exchanges between them. Rachel says that she saw Tiger's number, so she of course expected it was him and answered, hey babe, or something along those lines. But she said it was Ellen's voice who responded to her. Shortly after that alleged phone call between Ellen and Rachel is when Tiger's car crash happened. And within days, Us Weekly began to run stories of other mistresses coming forward to say they too had affairs with Tiger Woods. Five days after the accident on December 2nd, 2009, Tiger released another statement on his website according to the LA Times. The lengthy statement did not address specific allegations, but did admit to transgressions saying, quote, I have let my family down and I regret those transgressions with all of my heart. I have not been true to my values and the behavior my family deserves. I am not without faults and I am far short of perfect. According to a case study on the Tiger Woods scandal done by Elon University, over the next several weeks following the car accident, 10 more women came forward to claim affairs with the golf legend. The New York Daily News reported there were 120 different incidents of cheating and allegations and claimed these women ranged from sex workers to hospitality servers. On December 11, 2009, Tiger released yet another statement, and this time he owned up to his infidelity. As reported by CNN, his statement began, quote, I am deeply aware of the disappointment and hurt that my infidelity has caused to so many people, most of all, my wife and children. I want to say again to everyone that I am profoundly sorry and that I ask forgiveness. It may not be possible to repair the damage I've done, but I want to do my best to try. He also announced in his statement that he would be taking a quote, indefinite break from professional golf. 
Tiger lost several big name sponsors, including Gatorade, AT&T, and Gillette. And according to the Bleacher Report, this scandal cost him $50 million in lost sponsorships alone. On February 19, 2010, Tiger gave a 13-minute televised statement where he apologized and also revealed that he had completed a 45-day sex rehabilitation program. And then on March 16, 2010, Tiger announced he would return to play professional golf. But none of this was enough to save his marriage, and on August 23, 2010, Tiger and Ellen announced their divorce was final. According to People, Ellen reportedly received a $100 million divorce settlement. Since the scandal, Tiger has resumed his professional golf life, been in several other relationships, and he made headlines again when he was injured in another single car accident in 2021. And in 2023, Rachel Yucatel also made her way back into the headlines next to Tiger's name when Tiger Woods broke up with his girlfriend, Erica Herman. According to the New York Post, Tiger had Erica sign a non-disclosure agreement when they started dating in August 2017. Erica claims that in 2022, Tiger tricked her into leaving their home by convincing her that she was going on a, quote, short vacation. Erica claims that when she arrived at the airport, she was then told she was locked out of the house and her belongings were removed. Erica sued Tiger, but Tiger's legal team said that due to the NDA she signed back in 2017, she would be forced into arbitration versus a lawsuit. Erica then filed another lawsuit to invalidate that NDA. According to the New York Post, that lawsuit referenced the Speak Out Act, which can void NDAs if there is evidence of harassment or sexual harassment. According to USA Today, in a document filed by Erica's attorney, Erica claims that while she was an employee of Tiger Woods, he pursued a sexual relationship with her and then made her sign an NDA and claims if she didn't, she would be fired. According to USA Today, Tiger issued a response to Erica's lawsuit via his attorney, who said that Erica is, quote, a jilted ex-girlfriend and her case has no merit and is flawed. He added, quote, Miss Herman in this case does not even attempt to assert a cause of action rising to the level of sexual harassment under any federal, tribal, or state law. This court should not permit Miss Herman to end run her obligation to arbitrate her disputes with Mr. Woods with implausible claims of sexual harassment that are not even raised in her amended complaint. Rachel Yucatel responded to Erica's lawsuit, telling Us Weekly that the lawsuit, quote, sounds familiar. According to the New York Times, Rachel signed a 30-page NDA and was offered $8 million after the 2009 cheating scandal broke. But according to the New York Post, Rachel claims she ended up having to declare bankruptcy because Tiger's lawyers claimed she violated the terms of her NDA by speaking out and came after her. Tiger has remained relatively low-key and guarded over the years since this scandal, and how these pending cases with former lovers will resolve itself is still TBD as of the time of this recording. But when we return, another Thanksgiving celebrity scandal that nearly broke the internet. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You can choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you lose a button or spill something or just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. And you always have the option to buy what you love, for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code POPCRIME20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com, that's newly with two U's, and enter the code POPCRIME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code POPCRIME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Halle Berry is undeniably one of the most beautiful and successful women in Hollywood. And when you have attained the level of fame that she has, keeping your relationships out of the headlines is nearly impossible. As successful as Halle's career has been, her love life has been quite the tabloid fodder over the years, sometimes due to its ups, but very often because of its downs. Hallie has been open about her past relationships, discussing everything from serial infidelity to domestic violence. And on Thanksgiving Day 2012, Hallie's private life went viral when her ex-boyfriend and father of her daughter, Gabriel Aubrey, was arrested and his battered and bruised face splashed across tabloids across the world. The result of a brawl with Hallie's new beau and then-fiancé, Olivier Martinez. So what led to this Turkey Day beatdown? Well, let's rewind a bit. 
Hallie was a two-time divorcee when she started dating French-Canadian model Gabriel Aubrey. According to People, they met in February 2006 at the opening of a Versace store in Manhattan. And after more than two years of dating, on March 16, 2008, Hallie gave birth to her and Gabriel's daughter, Nala Ariella Aubrey. Hallie and Gabrielle's relationship seemed to carry on as any celebrity couple after that. They were photographed together at the 2009 Vanity Fair's Oscar party, and Gabrielle told People he thought daughter Nala, quote, needs a sibling. But on April 30th, 2010, TMZ reported that Hallie and Gabrielle had broken up. And when Gabrielle gave a statement to Access Hollywood the next day, it seemed the breakup was not contentious. His statement read, quote, I am sad to say that Hallie and I have decided together to separate at this time. She is and will forever be one of the most special and beautiful people that I have ever known. And I am certain that we will continue to have only love and respect for one another. We have been blessed with the most amazing daughter in the world. Her happiness and well-being are the most important thing for both of us. Please respect our privacy during this very difficult time, end quote. Pretty boilerplate, nothing we haven't seen before with Hollywood couples. However, the next day, people ran a story with a source they claim was close to Hallie, who said that Hallie dumped Gabrielle and threw him out the house months before the split was announced. The source was quoted as saying that Gabrielle, quote, wasn't able to pull his weight in the relationship and she wanted to move on. But the source also added that because of their daughter, they were staying on good terms. Hallie didn't stay single for long, though, as E! News reported that Hallie met actor Olivier Martinez while filming the movie Dark Tide in South Africa. And within weeks of their introduction, according to CBS News, Hallie and Olivier were snapped by photogs gallivanting around the city, attached at the hip, sharing intimate dinners and kissing. What's surprising is that, according to E! News, Gabriel was also in South Africa during Hallie and Olivier's blossoming love affair, reportedly to help with the care of his and Hallie's daughter while she was on set. While things with Hallie and Olivier were heating up, Gabriel kicked off what would become a years-long custody battle when, according to TMZ, he filed a petition in Los Angeles court on December 30th, 2010 to establish his paternity to, quote, protect his rights, according to sources. And things seemed to take a turn for the worse when Hallie released a statement to TMZ through her reps that read, quote, Hallie has serious concerns for her daughter's well-being while in the care of her daughter for any extended period of time and is prepared to take all necessary steps to protect her. According to the BBC, Hallie then quit a film she was about to start working on in order to put all her energy towards the custody battle with Gabrielle. The custody battle between Hallie and Gabriel dominated headlines through 2011 and 2012. According to TMZ, there were accusations against Gabriel that he called Hallie the N-word and that he allegedly would get enraged when people would refer to his daughter as Black. According to TMZ, Hallie made claims that Gabriel was inattentive when caring for their daughter and putting her in harm's way, while Gabriel made claims that Hallie cared more about dating than parenting. But in February 2011, Hallie came out victorious with a judge ruling she could take her daughter across the country to shoot the film she had dropped out of. Gabriel dropped his custody petition, but continued forward with his paternity suit, according to TMZ. 
And even though Hallie won this first round, the war between her and Gabriel was far from over. There were several more battles in court over issues concerning Hallie and Gabriel's daughter through the end of 2011, all of which Hallie emerged victorious from. One of those battles was concerning the nanny that was with their daughter Nala when she was in the custody of Gabriel. According to TMZ, Gabriel didn't want the nanny around and felt it was disrupting the alone time he and his daughter had together, but a judge ruled the nanny was to remain present. Then in January 2012, things got even more volatile when Gabriel was investigated for child endangerment. According to TMZ, who obtained a police report of the incident, Gabriel didn't take Nala to school one day, so when the nanny went to pick her up, she wasn't there. She arrived at Gabriel's house and questioned why he had not taken her to school. And according to TMZ, while the nanny had Nala in her arms, Gabriel began to yell at her, screaming, quote, You're the fucking nanny. Who do you think you are? You are a nobody. You don't need to fucking know anything. And then, according to TMZ, Gabriel, who is 6'4", allegedly pushed the nanny, who is 5'2", out the door with the little girl in her arms. The nanny said she was injured and filed a police report and child services launched an investigation. Hallie tried to have visitation rights taken away from Gabrielle, but according to TMZ, a judge held on that ruling until the child endangerment investigation was completed. Gabriel did agree to anger management classes and both Hallie and Gabrielle agreed to put three-year-old Nala in counseling. In February 2012, Gabriel came out victorious when a judge ruled that visitation and temporary custody would not be taken from him. Days after that ruling, TMZ reported that Hallie filed a request with the court to move to France with Nala. France was where her newly announced fiancé Olivier Martinez resided. But according to TMZ, friends of Hallie told the tabloid that she wasn't moving to get back at Gabriel. It was due to stalkers that were threatening her life in the U.S. Gabriel was still finding the child endangerment charges from allegedly shoving his daughter's nanny. And while he was able to avoid criminal charges from the incident, a judge ruled that a monitor would need to be present when his daughter was in his custody. At the same time, Photos of Hallie's fiance Olivier carrying Nala around while they were all out together were being posted online by TMZ. In March 2012, the child endangerment case against Gabriel was eventually dropped, but Hallie and Gabriel were still battling over custody of Nala. According to TMZ, Gabriel was requesting that Hallie pay him between $15,000 and $20,000 a month so he can find a proper home for him and their daughter. At the same time, Hallie still had plans to relocate their daughter to France and was pictured in a TMZ article looking at preschools in Paris. In June 2012, Hallie lost big time, according to TMZ, and was ordered to pay Gabrielle $20,000 a month in child support. But Hallie still was fighting to move her daughter to France where she claimed it would be safer. In addition to stalkers, the paparazzi, she said, were endangering her child, and TMZ reported one paparazzi, who was a particular nuisance, was even subpoenaed for the trial. Hallie's friend and megastar Salma Hayek even submitted a declaration for the hearing, according to TMZ, to explain to the court how France was a much safer place for celebrities against the paparazzi. 
But Gabrielle's attorney argued that Princess Diana died in France after being chased by paparazzi in 1997, and even brought up the Kate Middleton topless photos taken by paparazzi to show it's not safer overseas. Hallie's fiance, Olivier, even took the stand. After weeks of testimony on November 9th, 2012, according to TMZ, the judge's decision was made and Hallie was not allowed to move Nala to France. After some wins in court by Hallie and some by Gabrielle, it would seem that there could just be a neutral truce. But as we learned on Thanksgiving Day, November 22nd, 2012, that was not the case. According to TMZ, Gabriel arrived at Hallie's place to drop Nala off, and Olivier allegedly walked up to him in the driveway and said, we have to move on. And then, according to TMZ, Gabriel tried to punch Olivier, but Olivier blocked the punch. Gabriel allegedly then knocked Olivier to the ground, but Olivier was able to punch Gabriel in the face. According to TMZ, Hallie rushed Nala inside. According to TMZ, Hallie rushed Nala inside while the brawl between the two men continued. Eventually, Olivier was able to pin Gabrielle to the ground. The police were called, and according to TMZ, Olivier made a citizen's arrest. Both men were taken to the hospital. Gabriel's face was bruised and battered, and he reportedly had broken ribs and a head injury. Olivier suffered injuries to his hand. Gabriel was arrested, booked, and released later that evening. He was charged with a misdemeanor battery, and a judge issued an emergency protective order that meant he had to stay at least 100 yards away from Hallie, Nala, and Olivier. According to TMZ, Gabriel tried to come up with a story about why the fight went down, even claiming that the day before the fight, Olivier had made death threats against him. But after an investigation, it was determined that Gabriel was the investigator. But Hallie and Olivier decided not to press charges, so Gabriel was not prosecuted for the fight. According to E!, in April 2013, Hallie announced she was pregnant with Olivier's baby. And on July 13, 2013, the two got married in France. Their son, Maceo, was born October 5, 2013. But in 2014, the relationship between Hallie and Olivier was rumored to be in trouble, according to a source who spoke with E. But the couple denied those rumors. Also in 2014, a new child support order was issued and Hallie was ordered to now pay Gabriel $16,000 a month in child support. Shockingly, in October 2015, Olivier and Hallie did file for divorce. According to TMZ, Olivier didn't want to engage in a bitter custody battle after what he and Hallie went through with Gabrielle, but it would be eight years before they finally came to terms on a divorce settlement. According to Daily Mail, Hallie was able to get the child support payments to Gabriel down to $8,000 a month in 2021, and in 2023, she was able to reduce it even more to a cap of $110,000 a year. That same year in 2023, her divorce settlement with Olivier was finally finalized. And according to the LA Times, Hallie was ordered to pay Olivier $8,000 a month in child support, as well as 4.3% of any income she receives over $2 million. Holiday lesson to learn. Marriage is a business. Marriage is a contract. Be selective on who you partner with because it might cost you. 
Today, Hallie is in a relationship with Grammy-winning musician and producer Van Hunt. According to People, the two connected during the COVID-19 pandemic, talking via telephone for four months to get to know each other before going Instagram official in September 2020. Wishing nothing but healthy and healing vibes for Hallie this holiday season and for many more to come. story is a much shorter tale and one that is not as well known as the previous two, but it's proof that holiday stress can get the best of all of us sometimes. Pink and Carrie Hart are a couple we don't see too much drama about in the press. The singer and former motocross racer have a love affair that fans rooted for during their ups and downs. The two met in 2001 at the X Games in Philly and started dating. They broke up briefly in 2003, but in 2005, Pink proposed to Carrie by writing, Will You Marry Me? on a sign that she held up while he was racing around the track. The two married in January 2006 in Costa Rica. But after seven years of being together and two years of marriage, the couple had another split in 2008. Pink told Redbook that the reason for the split was their work schedule. They would go from spending five days together and then being apart for six weeks, and it became too hard eventually. But in that same Red Book interview, she says they reconciled 11 months later when Carrie flew Pink to Las Vegas to perform at his club on New Year's Eve. Pink stated that after the band's sound check, she invited Carrie to her room. She had made a photo album of every card he had gifted her and every photo from the relationship. On the final page of the photo album, she glued a picture from a movie she had made where her neck was slit and there was blood all over. She captioned the picture, this is me without you. And after that, a picture of a baby with the words, the rest is unwritten. She stuffed copies of the unsigned divorce papers behind it and told him, the rest is up to you. She says she did this while wearing Carrie's favorite bra and panties, so perhaps to no surprise, those divorce papers were never signed. A couple years later, in June 2011, Pink gave birth to their daughter, and in 2016, the couple had a son. In 2019, Pink was a guest on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and she and Ellen played a game called Burning Questions, where they both have to answer the questions that come up completely honest. After three rounds of questions, the fourth question was, what's the dumbest way you've hurt yourself? And Pink answered, slashing tires. The audience laughed, and Ellen turned to Pink with a quizzical look and asked, how old were you? To which Pink responded, it wasn't that long ago, while bursting out in laughter along with Ellen and the audience. When Ellen asked, who's tires? Before she can even finish speaking, Pink responds, Carrie's and follows it up with, it was Thanksgiving, holidays are stressful. Ellen asked Pink how many tires she slashed, and Pink went into detail explaining, quote, I got clean through the first one. He has a Ray's F250, and those tires are thick, thank you very much. And the second one, I lost a little steam, and I hit the metal part, and my hand just went straight down the knife. 
got 13 stitches. But here's the thing. I didn't need any anesthesia. I couldn't feel a thing. To which her, Ellen, and the audience laughed. The story went viral and the internet wanted to know more. While Pink never disclosed what led to her taking a knife to her hubby's tires that Thanksgiving, she did clarify on Twitter right after the episode aired that it was not a recent event and happened well before she and Carrie were married or had kids, tweeting, quote, the story going around about my slashing tires is from 2003. I have not harmed a car in 15 years. Hashtag reformed, hashtag 20s, hashtag passion, hashtag tires. I hope you enjoyed today's Throwback Thursday Thanksgiving edition of Pop Crime. My birthday is in two days, so if you want to give me the best Thanksgiving birthday gift ever, go rate and review Pop Crime and give it five stars. Until next time and the next crime, cheers. Pop Crime is produced by Sean Kilby, Shannon Sassone, and me, Kiki Monique. Editing by Shannon Sassone, Guest booking by Ali Freelander. And be sure to follow me at The Talk of Shame on TikTok and Instagram and send your emails to podcast at betches.com. Betches.